Welcome to the Move With Tank podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Tancini. He is a doctor of physical therapy, owner of Ground to Overhead Physical Therapy, a strength and conditioning coach, former college athlete, four-time CrossFit regional athlete, and a national-level Olympic weightlifter. On the show, he will cover ways for active individuals and athletes, just like you, to stay healthy and improve their performance without the need of surgery, injections, and pain medication. If you ever have any questions for Dr. Tansini, which you would like answered, send over an email or message through Instagram at drtank underscore dpt. So without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Tank. What's up, everybody? Dr. Tank, Dr. Tansini here with another Move with Tank podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, today, I've got a uh, connection through a friend on. Uh, it's a connection through uh, actually another PT I've known for quite some time who's in the cardiopulm world and connected me up with a local coach in the area. And uh, man, I'm super pumped to bring on Joey Souza and uh, to chat about some of the obstacles and some of the way he's been helping athletes overcome those obstacles, uh, especially as COVID's been getting back in uh, or COVID's been letting down a little bit and athletes have been getting back in the gym. So Joey, man, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to to talk a little bit and unpack this. Yeah, man, definitely. So sweet. Well, man, how are you holding up through the through the pandemic? I mean, what we're 16 months in now or 17 months in, whatever the heck it is. And how have you held up? Yeah, yeah. It's been a journey. It's crazy to to think about how long it's been already. It's uh, encouraging to see some progress now, things getting back to some normalcy, which is really nice. But it was tough for a while. Just life-wise was difficult, I'm sure, for everybody. I got married um, very early on in COVID, which is a change-up. So I was supposed to be in June, and we just caught a kind of called an audible and did it in April of uh, last year. So that was pretty crazy. But good. But it, was, it ended up for the best. And kind of on the training world, I, I was with Orange Theory Fitness coaching up until about that March when everything happened. And of course, they just had to lay everybody off, which was pretty tough. I mean, I was really loving that. And I hadn't been with them too long before I had to lay off of that. Picked up some different things along the way. So and then just personally, fitness wise, I mean, it was hard. You know, I had to, I had this, we had just moved into an apartment, I had to get into my little apartment gym, which had probably about a little weight rack with some some 10s, 20s and 30s, maybe and, and a little one little uh, free weight rack and then a, a treadmill. So I had to work with that. But uh, yeah, it was tough. Probably did more outdoor running than I'd ever done before, just because that was about all there is was to do. So I never was really a huge fan of running, but I started to fall in love with it a little bit when it first hit. So nice. Yeah. That's, man, man, that's the uh, struggle that everybody went through, right? Gyms, gyms closed down. We're not able to then go to the gyms. Yeah. Luckily, the previous year, I built out a home gym. So like I was a year ahead of the curve. There you go. And, and uh, so uh, that was nice of the fact that I could keep on training, but like everybody that I, that I worked with, right. They were just clocked out of their gym. You know, even apartment gyms were like shutting down and, yeah. you know, and a lot of people took up running and a lot of people took up Peloton. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, man. So like, have, do you plan on doing any, any like races or, or was it just something that you kind of got into and then went back to your normal thing after 
Yeah, yeah, good question. I, I don't see myself, you know, I did collegiate track and field at UNC and I was a sprinter and a jumper. So my my VO2 max is very low. <laughs> I I get out there and I'm I'm uh I'm definitely you can see I'm a sprinter because I run for about three minutes and I'm already out of breath about to die. So I'm building it up still. I don't see any like distance races in my future until maybe I'm really itching at that additive bug in that realm, maybe. But I'm really loving, I'm getting into hit training myself. I'd never really been into that world. So I'm, I'm really loving that. And then still trying to lift and keep that rolling is really where I'm at. Yeah, I'm itching the competitive bug with hopefully at this point, kind of some rec league competitions, things like that. I'm a big sand volleyball guy. But oh, um, sweet. yeah, yeah, for sure. Sweet, man. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, what year were you at Trap Wolf? So I got there in 2015, graduated 2019. So yeah, I came and uh, grew up in California. So I was fortunate enough to get recruited. They said they'd pay for my school. So I was like, all right, I'll make the move. Central Valley, so like Fresno, Bakersfield area, the big agriculture belt. Yeah, the boring part. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, they, they love the beaches, the, the mountains. Yeah, I didn't live anywhere there. So, <laughs> so man, I lived in uh, San Diego for uh, 10 months. It's actually where I started my practice. That's was, awesome. Beautiful area. It is, man. But it's like I tell people, it's a great place to visit. But like as as nice as it was, man, you cannot pay me to move back. So yeah, yeah but, man, uh, that's awesome. So like we we just missed each other over at Chapel Hill. So let's see, I graduated undergrad there in 13. And then let's see, but I've been kind of around the Chapel Hill area or the Triangle kind of since then, minus 10 months and being out in San Diego. But did you were so so were you like an eight eight hundred meter guy? Oh gosh, no, that's even way too long. No, I was I was a long jumper as my primary okay. event. So jumping into the sandbox, if anybody yeah. knows that. And then I was kind of an alternate on like the sprint relays. I was a sprinter, but not really. It, it kind of just helped me in my jumping. So that's why they trained me as a sprinter. But mostly the jumping. Yep. Wait. Sweet man. Yeah. Tell us a little about bit about like how'd you go down the journey to like get to where uh, you're at now, being a uh, coach over at uh, Bird. Yeah, good question. So, like I said, I, and I'm fairly new in the whole training world, relatively, right? Obviously, athletics and fitness has always been something I've been into. Graduated with my exercise sports science degree, so it's kind of a, a world I've always been interested in. I in one of my undergrad classes, I had the general manager for Orange Theory come in and speak. And that was kind of the first time I heard about the world of group fitness. And it was super interesting. I loved the idea of personal training, but on a group kind of scale, you know. So I kind of started doing some research into obviously getting my personal training license, I think my junior year of college. So I got, I went ahead and got that through ACE. And I initially started pursuing Orange Theory as a start in my personal training career, which was awesome. I got on with them, got some awesome training. I think Orange Theory is a really really cool organization, really cool platform. But ultimately COVID happened, got laid off from that position. Just, I think 90% of other coaches, you know, and uh, so I I pursued some other things, non-fitness related, just to kind of get the bills paid, you know, and then I I really wanted to get back into it just a few months ago when things started opening back up, some of the studios were reopening. So I did get back on with Orange Theory. That would have been probably about five months ago now. And I was excited to get back into the the, the coaching world. And I was loving it. Uh, my, my wife at the time had started uh, attending Burn. So she became a member at Burn Boot Camp quite a while ago. And I, she would pull me to some of the camps 
here and there. And it's different from Orange Theory in that, you know, Orange Theory isn't classified as HIT workouts. Burn boot camp is is more of a HIT interval type training, you know. And it was new to me, man. It was doing division one sports. Practices are tough. Practices are real hard, but it's just a different kind of hard. You get in there for 45 minutes and you're just like going the whole 45 minutes, you know? So it was difficult, but it was real fun. I loved it. So at that point, I, I loved my position at Orange Theory too. I thought it was a great gym, great studio, but an, an opportunity opened up. You know, the owner of the South Durham one, Kip, had reached out and just said, hey, we're looking for some trainers, as is every gym right now. And uh, it happened to work really well with other things I was doing in life too. And I already knew that I had been to a number of camps and I really loved the, the community feel and also just the build of what the the workouts had so I was like you know what I might as well you know check it out and give it a shot so I gave it a little test run and I realized that man it is a unique community a unique gym to be a part of and I just loved it I loved the members I loved the workout the mission behind burn is awesome so I was just I was roped in very quickly and that, that was about 2 months ago so I I'm pretty new I'm learning a whole lot still about Burn Bootcamp and what it's trying to do, but I'm, I'm loving it. It's it's an awesome model, and I think they're doing really good things. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, uh, what else do you do outside of Burn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely one of my biggest passions, but it's uh, not my main career goal. My my gr- main career path is uh, real estate, so I'm a, a realtor here in the Triangle area. So I love working with people to buy and sell property. Also, kind of a crazy time just to be doing that as hey. well. Yes, yeah, so both worlds, fitness training and real estate, are both just abnormally crazy areas to be in right now. But I love them both. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Um, so yeah, that's what I spend a lot of my time doing as well. Are you in the commercial or more in the residential residential for sure yep that's my passion the commercial is more it's more numbers than i kind of want to deal with (laughs) residential you're building those relationships those connections you're getting to know family you're getting to know the kids what they want to do at their home that's that's what i love so yeah and then that's why i love personal training too i mean building those relationships being able to get down with somebody and figure out why they're doing it and how I can help them get there. It's the same reason I love that as well. So, yeah, man, uh, that's so awesome. And, and I like from the short time we've been talking, like, like you, you, you come off as a super positive person and like just like a huge positive vibe about you. And like, that's uh, pretty much like when I meet people from burn, we, we were chatting prior to the show, but like, for everybody else, I, I work in Grand Overhead PT works with multiple burns around the triangle. And, and man, everybody that you meet is super energetic, super positive. People who go there are awesome. The owners are awesome. The coaches are awesome. And uh, you must fit, fit right in there. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I do really love it. Again, it's just a unique community. It's, a, it's an awesome group of people to be involved with, people who want to push in every aspect, other coaches that want to push other coaches. I'm learning a lot in terms of how to build a program, how to just communicate with different members. And then just the the kind of members that you get to know around this area are just so awesome. You know, they have a genuine uh, desire to want to get to know me as a person, as opposed to just come in, get their 45 minutes of work in and get out, which is just, it's invaluable. It's awesome. It makes the job worth doing for sure. That's awesome. So how's it compare at burn? to like orange theory like the vibe yeah yeah that's a good question in terms of and again this is not knocking on either one again i I love orange theory i just think it's a different model different setup obviously 
obviously the workout's different, right? Um, I think it pertains to just two different communities of people. Each is very valuable. I think the the vibe wise, right? It's just the way it's set up. All burn studios are all super open, open concepts versus Orange Theory. You have the the studio, which is separate from the main lobby, right? So even in that, I think, you know, get more of a transparent kind of we're all here for the whole time kind of vibe, you know, and I think that alone creates more of a kind of conversational base around burn. You know, people are coming in early, they're talking it up, they're putting the work in and they stay after and, and talk it up, you know, and I think aside from that, just creating even more of a, an environment of joy and, and positivity of being in the gym, which I think a lot of people connotate the gym with negative thoughts, maybe it helps reverse that. And I think one of the biggest burnouts of working out and being in a gym and, and being consistent is that you, you don't have anybody there doing it with you. You don't have any accountability, especially with big box, kind of, you just go in and do your own thing almost no accountability. And I'm, I've been working out for a lot of my life and I still struggle to go in and do my own thing, right? Unless I have a coach or a buddy or somebody I go in there with, if it's just me, shoot, I'm sitting on my phone. I might do a couple reps and then I'm sitting there for 20 minutes or so. So it's like you come into burn and you have people there. You, you have people conversating, getting to know you. And that gets you coming back. We have members that we encourage everybody. They got, they have each other's number. They know if they're signed up for camp and they'll be texting you if you're not there, you know? So it's just, it, it creates accountability. There's a really big vibe of community and joy, like around the gym itself. I have a lot of members that I talk to. I was like, why are you here? And they're like, um, well, I mean, one, I want to get in shape, but two, it's like, this is like my happy place. Like I come here, like home, I got my kids, I got my family. <laughs> not that they're not happy. I'm sure they have families happy, but this is a place where they have friends. They, they get, they get work in, they, they feel growth. And I think just that idea of switching that view of a gym being something negative, something it's a hassle. It's a burden in my schedule to, wow, this is a time where I can connect with people. This is a time where I can get growth, feel positive about myself and then feel connected with the community. You know, it's just that I feel like that's what I've noticed about burn, which is cool. And I, and you get that with orange theory, right? You get that, but I just think it, it the model kind of pertains more to uh, maybe transitory people, or it's kind of more get in grind and get out. Um, which is if that's what you want to do, boom, that's awesome too. But yeah, that's kind of what I picked up on. And, uh, that's awesome. And, and uh, the whole community aspect of a gym is uh, so crucial, right? So I mean, look at the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. It's essentially like brought a big light on the importance of mental health and the, the importance of community and the importance of being able to see your friends every day and interact yeah. with them, talk with them and work out with them. And, and like the gym's the one place to where, you know, especially like a, a place like Burn. To where you go in, it's like everybody's friends. No one is like judging what other people are doing, right? It's like Planet Fitness puts out their like no judgment zone or judgment. <laughs> right. But like really like burned, burned a boot camp, right? Is going there and no one's judging any, anybody. Like everyone's in there to better themselves, yep. to be positive, to hang out with their friends and make the best of the person that they want to be. So and that's awesome. Yeah. So sweet, man. Well, now, so like you've had to have seen or come, come across 
some of the issues that people have been having with getting back in the gym, right? Because mm. we started back at our, our theory about five months ago and then got over and burned over at uh, South Durham. And like, what are some of the biggest struggles that uh, athletes have faced, which are, you've seen as they've been, been trying to get back in? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot of different barriers that I've personally been seeing. I mean, one of the biggest ones is just the kind of overall feeling safe. And a lot of individuals, rightly so, are just, should they come back to an in-person gym? You know, should they be around other people in that close of an environment? So that's a big barrier I've seen for a lot of people. It's We're starting to see people getting looser with that, right? More people coming back in. But that was a huge thing, obviously. And it's encouraging to see more people returning back to group fitness and things like that, especially to see how it plays such a big part in a lot of people's lives. A lot of people said, obviously, you know, Peloton and things like that, virtual live cl- classes were a big thing, but it just, I just don't think it really compares to people who really benefit from that in-person group fitness, you know? So that was a big barrier, obviously. In addition to that, I think a lot of people got comfortable with the schedule of being at home, not having to go out. Maybe they got comfortable with in-home workouts or whatever they were doing in their garage, but ultimately they know they want to get back to working out with other people, but it's just hard because it's not in their schedule. It's not in their routine. So having to like recondition, right? Their schedule to fit something like this, recondition their body to like get up and get out. So a lot of people have had to fight that and battle that commitment issues or, or working that back into the schedule. And then in addition to that, I'd see just a lot of, a lot of people genuinely didn't work out or exercise very much through COVID, you know, for many reasons. Some people didn't have the ability to, maybe they live in not the best area or not the best, they have an apartment, they don't have a garage whatever it is, or it's just hard. It's just hard to work out when you don't have anybody pushing you, like we talked about earlier. So the mental aspect of, well, shoot, like, how do I even get back to doing physical activity? Like they're scared of, I haven't done this in so long. Like it's hard coming back and you compare yourself maybe to even where you were before and you're way off of that mark. Right. And that can be, I've seen that be really mentally challenging for a lot of people. So I'd say those are some of the three biggest factors, just the safety area of not feeling safe to logistically figuring out how to get that back into the schedule when that hasn't been part of the schedule in so long. And then mentally like overcoming those challenges of, I haven't worked out in so long. How do I overcome these maybe doubts or fear of getting back into this physical activity routine, you know? So that's kind of what I've seen. I feel like in the past five months with members kind of trying to get back to it. Gotcha, man. Yeah. So you have the safety, I think is big on everybody's mind. And hopefully people are seeing now that being at the gym is a a safe place because gyms just aren't spreaders of this COVID-19, especially now. And health and wellness and our ability to build a robust body physically is one of the things that helps us stay healthy and, and more resilient to, to things like COVID-19. And then, then you look at, you know, the schedule piece. And you ever read the, read the book Atomic Habits? No. Oh man, dude, you definitely need to. I'm, reading. I'm writing it down right now. What was it again? Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. I, I, I mean, I'm blanking on the, on the guy's name. Let me see here. I'll, Hold on for you. But uh, yeah, so, but dude, it's an, it's an amazing book. And the author actually lived here for a short stint in uh, uh, Chapel Hill, which, okay. which is uh, kind of, his name's James, James Clear. Oh, that's it. 
he I'm working with someone now who he used to work out with them like back in like t- 2013 and and, and he was telling tell me a story about this guy was so this this guy wrote this book on habits and and one of the things that he talked about in the book was habits are, are a big about cueing right so like maybe it isn't like the habit that's the actual habit maybe it's the trigger associated with the habit which mm. then gets a person to, to do the habit. What I saw like working with people like pre-pandemic into the shutdown and then as they started to come out was their trigger for going to the gym was the ability to leave work and have a have a place to go so that they could uh, the trigger was the leave work, get in their car and like automatically it jump starts them into going to going to work out. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they, they didn't even have to think about it. That that itself was right. The then, yeah. then you t- take away this trigger of people being able to actually go someplace and like leave work because now they're at home, so they're always at. So so they never actually leave. So they never actually get that trigger of needing to actually work out. And and that's a barrier that I've seen going through. And then as people have come back out of it, and as people have gotten back into work. Uh, they actually have, it seems like, less time in their day outside of work, but they're actually finding the time now to get back to the gym, which is uh, pretty pretty cool to say. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is that is big because you think of these, when you're in just at home, There's it, it's just like, you, especially with work, there's nothing that's breaking your day up and you don't have these what you would have normally, the schedule of things you're going from place to place, you're doing thing to thing. I feel like the pandemic kind of just blended all these things. And there's this work to life balance, obviously, is all distorted. And that feeds into so many other things like exercise that just gets pushed to the side because we lose almost sense of time and all sense of like urgency with our days just being home. That's interesting. Yeah, it's true. Hey man, so uh, now how have you been helping people like get back in after like 15 months? Like when uh, people haven't done anything, kind of like you said, and they sh- show back up at burn and they're like, I'm here. I haven't worked out in over a year, but I'm, but I'm back. How do you as the coach and the trainer go into helping them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think so from some of the barriers we talked about, the, the safety thing, the logistical thing, those two as the trainer, the trainer can't do a whole lot on those two aspects. They can encourage the logistical thing, maybe give them some tips and stuff. But ultimately my job starts when they get to the gym. My goal is to make them feel safe, to make them feel encouraged, and then to give them something they can practically do. And making them feel safe, I think starts right when they obviously walk in that door, right? So something that I, this is something that I know Burn really pushes, most gyms do, but I just think it's super important just on a personal level of like, Somebody walks in that door, you make eye contact with them and you smile at them, you know, and ultimately right there, they feel welcome. And that breaks down a lot of walls that have been built up by themselves. You know, that you don't know where these people are coming from. They may be coming from, you know, abusive households, just them, their own. Maybe they they may be alone at home and it, it took every bit of muscle just to get them into their car into that gym. So they don't want to be there, right? They, they may be coming from a bad day at work or whatever it is, but they walk through that door and they make eye contact with somebody and they see a smile and it breaks down a bunch of walls, right? And that gives me the ability 
to, at that point, have a conversation and start to see why they're there. So I think making them feel safe is one thing that I've tried to do to overcome some of this, these mental walls and mental barriers. And that's not even COVID specific. I think that's just life, but there's a lot more of those walls, I think that have been built up due to COVID. So I think that's something that, that I try to be intentional from there. A lot of people have been, you know, communicating, like I said, they're nervous to start back up exercising because they just haven't done anything in so long. And to that, one thing I say is that group, group exercise can also be intimidating in the sense you have a handful of people that are extremely fit and a big a big mistake that a lot of people make with group fitness is they compare themselves to ex athlete who has been coming to burn for 6 years and can do a handstand push up when they're walking and they haven't worked out in 15 months and they can barely even do high knees or something so whatever it is they compare themselves so at that point i, I try to encourage them give yourself grace so this is a process of getting back into physical activity. Nobody here, maybe some people, the majority of people coming to burn and most group fitness aren't division one athletes. We're not training for a huge event. We're training for life. Like our goal is overall longevity, right? So give yourself grace. Let's work back into this idea of physical activity slowly. And my job is to make one workout for the whole group. But at that point, individualize the exercises for what you need, right? So encouraging them that I'm going to demo some exercises that you may not feel comfortable doing, or you may, your initial thought may be, well, I can't, I can't do that. But my job is to encourage them that, Hey, I'm going to give you the modification. I'm going to give you the best option for you and your body and your fitness level. And that does not mean that you're less than everybody. And it just means that's what you need for a good workout. You know? So I try to encourage them in that. That's my next is to try to, it can be overwhelming sometimes, but then three accountability. So I try to connect them with somebody. I encourage them to meet everybody at the gym, somebody get somebody's number, make a personal connection with somebody that's outside of this 45 minutes, because that's, what's going to get you to come back tomorrow. You know, I can do my job really well. I can be a great coach. I can make you feel happy inside and everything, but you're going to leave this gym. Honestly, you're probably going to forget about me. Maybe not. Maybe you'll think about me, but you're probably not going to come back just because of me, because there's a lot of great coaches out there and the turnover rate for people who go to the gyms are still very low, you know? So the thing that's going to make that difference is you making a personal connection with somebody at this gym right now. And so I encourage them to do that. Try to connect them with somebody that's there, that's consistent and just get them in the habit of, you know, you know, text this person, let them know you're coming. I'll set up a time. I'm going to, I'm going to come at 7am tomorrow. And even if they check in or not, if you told somebody you're coming at 7am, there's a higher rate that you're going to come, you know? So I don't know. Those are some of the things that I have tried to start doing for people because those walls have been put up. That doubt has been put in their mind. And accountability just isn't there. So I'm trying to try to fight that a little bit. Man, uh, that's awesome. Man, I, I love it what you're doing, uh, getting people to interact with other people in the gym, right? Other people in the boot camp. And like, I mean, that's so crucial for not only uh, mental health, right? But yeah, for someone to get the full benefits of the community, which is Burt Bur Boot Camp. And like, Humans are, are, are tribal in nature, right? So we are meant to be a part of a tribe. And, and like when people go to someplace like Burn, like it's intimidating. Any of these group fitness places, especially a high intensity place. And like whether someone comes out and says it outright, but they're a little bit scared, right? They're I'm intimidated. They're like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this. Look at that lady over there. Like she's, you know, five years older than me. And she's like running circles around me. 
And it's yeah. But you as the trainer and the coach, like t- taking that step and like trying to help these people make these personal connections and break down the barriers of maybe maybe some fear, anxiety, and uh, just build a better group tribal feeling. Man, like it, it's got to pay off dividends for everyone that you work with. Yeah. So awesome, man. So like now what about, have you ever, so with like people's egos, like people's egos are one of the biggest things. And there's an awesome book. uh, If you haven't read, it's called Ego is the Enemy. Ryan Holiday, amazing book, highly recommend it. And like, how do you reel someone back in? Like someone who hasn't worked out in 15 months and they're like, oh, you know, like I, I was doing this prior, like I'm going to jump straight back in and, and do the same thing now. Like, how do you, how do yeah. you talk that person off, off the edge right there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm the same way, right? I hate the fact that I look at maybe what I, I used to squat or whatever it was. And I try, if I was to try to lift that weight right now, I'd, I'd probably throw my back out. So it it's hurts to look at yourself and see that this pandemic or, or life or whatever it is, you maybe can't do the same thing, but we try to, we try to think that we can, right. And we're, I'm always confident that I can do the same exact thing that I used to do or did before the pandemic or whatever it was. And the reality is that it's just not safe. It's really detrimental on the body when you're trying to push it to do things It just one hasn't even done in months and months and months movements and patterns that maybe we knew like the back of our hand, like it was a natural for us to do a a snatch because we just did so many. And now we try to do a snatch and we we can't even get our body to move that way. You know, it's, they're just movements. They're things that we, our body just has forgotten how to do and trying to just jump right back into that is just really not safe. And I think I've experienced some of that too. I tore my ACL a few years ago and I was, I think I, I was fine up until the pandemic, but then kind of taking some time off and stuff. I think I lost some strength and stability in my knee. And I, I got back in, I was doing some hit workouts and I kind of tweaked my knee trying to do some of those agility movements that I used to do. And I was like, whoa, what the heck? Like I used to do, I was literally just doing like a, you know, a knee tuck to a shuffle and I landed from that knee tuck and tried to shuffle and my, my knee did something weird. I was like, what the heck? This is something I used to always do. But the reality is it's just a movement that my body hasn't done in a really long time. And the muscles aren't trained to do it and they're deconditioned, right? So something I really like to remind people of is uh, what's important to you? Are you here to hit the same amount of push-ups that you did before? Or are you here to be healthy? And most of them are like, well, okay, I mean, I want to be healthy. I was like, okay, well, then let's do the things we need to do to be healthy, right? Maybe those numbers and maybe those stats that we had before will come back. But honestly, the point is not those things. Like, yes, it's nice to be able to say we can do those things. I used to jump really far, but if I was to get back on a long jump runway, I would not jump that far. And it it hurts to say I can't do that anymore. But honestly, I'm not a long jumper anymore and I don't need to do those things, right? So the reality is I like to remind people that we don't need to do those things to be healthy. Like being healthy is just being consistent with something that's physical activity. So reminding them that the point is to be healthy, I think is one way to kind of refocus them. And then two, just encouraging them that you are strong. A lot of people equate not being able to do these things that they used to be with weakness. Like I am weak because I, I can't do as many pushups as I used to be able to do. That's not true. You're not weak, right? If you're here in the gym right now, you're mentally strong at least 
least that's for sure. And physically being strong is relative. And we all have to train ourselves to change our view of what strong is. And I think reminding somebody that you are strong right now in who you are and we can get stronger, but that strong may not look like what it looked like 15 months ago, you know, and that's okay. And I think reminding people, and that takes time, right? Because words are one thing I can tell somebody that they're strong. And they're going to be like, okay, whatever, sure. But that takes time of, of one on me as a coach continuing to not just have that be a one phrase thing I tell them, but a multiple thing. I continue to encourage them. I think a lot of coaching, especially right now from the pandemic is just encouragement, like encouraging them and motivating them as much as it is creating a good workout and correcting form. A lot of it is encouraging them and motivating them. And so I think the two biggest things for that is one, reminding them that the point is health and two, reminding them that they are strong right now and we can get stronger. Man, uh, that's awesome. Like people uh, think that, oh, you know, coaches are just there to tell me, tell me what to do. And coaches are just there to give me a workout for the day and then have me do it. You know, like coaching is an art, man. It's like, you you've got to meet people with where they're at and Mm. anyone who's been coaching for an extended period of time knows you're a therapist you're helping you're someone's positivity for the day you're someone's like sounding board you know if they just want to get things best and then having someone like yourself who's who's been in their shoes and currently in their same shoes with coming back from the pandemic and like being at a place that you're, you're used to being at a higher spot or a, a higher performing spot. You were a collegiate long jumper at one of the best track and fields teams in the nation with Chapel Hill. Go, go Charles. Go Hills. Yeah. If you're a Duke fan listening to this, I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that. But so yeah, man, it's just like me. Like I played uh, college, college baseball and I haven't swung a bat now in probably a decade. Right, you know, like, like to, to say that I could, I, in my mind, I believe uh, I can. Right, so like I could go up to someone throwing ninety plus and with with a bunch of movement on the ball and still go up there and still have a successful. Uh, but at that same time, it's like that fact is I haven't seen a ball out of the hand. I haven't really swung a bat, and then like I wouldn't be as good now as I was then. Yeah. And and for you to have that personal. Uh, experience and and to be able to share that with them and be that positive sounding board and be that positive reason with them uh, has got to go a long way with uh, helping these people stick to it as they get back in the gym. Have you noticed that? Yeah, uh, I would like to say that I feel like from what I've seen, focusing more on that, being that encouragement, that motivation to them is has been played more of a factor of them coming back than me critiquing their form or making sure that they're doing everything perfectly the 45 minutes they're there. And from feedback I've got, you know, that's what people, especially in the group fitness world, working with, especially with burn, primarily mothers or females that are either just out of college or in that realm. That's what they, that's what a lot of them need. They need somebody to come in there and encourage them. In addition to, of course, push them hard, make sure they're doing all the movements safely, but that's almost at least right now what I'm seeing secondary to just making sure they're mentally strong when they're there and when they're leaving. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's part of being a, at a gym, which 
often gets overlooked, right? It's mental, like it's mental health. It's building a robust mental self or a, a robust mentally. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. But uh, be, being able to not only be physically um, capable of adapting and overcoming tasks, right? But like being mentally agile and mentally strong to be able to come up with a tough uh, situation, look at it, be like, okay, I can make it through this and here's how, how I'm going to do it. Make some steps, get through it, and then keep on going versus someone who might have that access or might not have that experience of being at the gym to where they might come up to a hard uh, situation and just kind of shut down and stop. Yep. So, man, that's awesome. So, like, now now you're, you're over at Burn uh, South Durham. So, like, how many days a week uh, do you coach? Yeah, so right now I'm doing 15 camps a week. So I'm uh, I'm the early bird. So I, I really like the early camps. So I'm there Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I do the the early morning. So I'm there on the five, six, seven a.m. and then the uh, the nine thirty or eight thirty, nine thirty a.m. too. So if you're if you're a morning person, that's the time to come see me. I know that's not everybody, but uh, those are the people I I work with. I mean, I. Uh, that's awesome. So like if someone's out there listening to this right now and they're like, man, I got to go check out one of these guys or one of one of Joe's camps and how can they find you? You just said that you're there in the morning. So if you're listening, go go check out one of uh, Burn uh, South Durham's early camps on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or how can they find you? How can someone has a question for you, whether it's about fitness and burn or whether it's about a uh, real estate and buying their next house. How can someone uh, get in, get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shoot. I'm my phone is always on. So I'm always welcome. My phone number, my I'm big, I'm trying to grow with the, the social media. That's probably the two best ways to get in touch with me. So, I mean, you're definitely more than welcome to, to share my number. If anybody's got a uh, question, about fitness or real estate, of course, I'd love to reach out. Uh, Bird Bootcamp is, I mean, everywhere. So our website's huge. You can find our South Durham location online and uh, my my camps will be listed up there. So you'll be able to see when I'm coaching. Uh, the other coaches are great too. So you don't need to come to mind. Bird Bootcamp's got great coaches. So you can go to any of them. But yeah, I'll, I'll be up there on the schedule, South Durham, uh, if somebody wants to come to mind specifically. But yeah, is there, a, you can definitely post my number in the notes or whatever. Or, and then, um, and then, uh, do you do you have a social media page like a yeah. like an Instagram or? Yep. Yeah, for sure. So I try to keep it consistent on all my pages. So uh, it's, it's just um, Joey Souza ninety six. So you just J O E Y S O U Z A nine six, and then you'll be able to find me on Instagram, Facebook, and you can shoot me or uh, reach out to me, whatever's best. Perfect, man. Awesome, man. I'll make sure to put that in the uh, notes. Then, then I'll also uh, put in there all the. South Durham notes for yeah. Burn. And man, Joey, thank you so much for coming out today, man. It was uh, awesome having you on. And I'm thankful that Ben was able to connect us and get us to chat. Yeah, for sure. It took us a little time to get a time, but I was uh, super thankful to, to spend this time talking with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, definitely. So everyone, go, go check out Joey over at Burn. Thank you so much for tune in today listening to this with us and make sure to tune in next time and i'll see you then see you guys okay guys thanks for listening to the podcast today i hope you found the content useful 
and I hope it helps you avoid an unneeded surgery uh, or an unneeded injection in the future. Now, in practice, my goal is to save 1 million active individuals from the unneeded surgeries, injections, and pain meds that they don't need while helping them stay active and performing the activities that they love to do. Now, guys, I cannot reach that many people all by myself. I really need your help. So if you like what you heard, please share this podcast with your friends, with your families, or with anyone who you feel really needs to hear it. By doing so, you may just save that person from an unneeded surgery or injection that they really do not need. If you're not following me yet on social media, find me on Instagram at drtank underscore dpt and on Facebook at ground to overhead physical therapy. Thanks for listening to the show today, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and I look forward to seeing you guys here again next time on the move with tank podcast.